What is up, Fathom fam? Welcome back to our weekly Sunday sermon podcast. Pastors Kyle and Taryn are back from their time of sabbatical away from campus and preaching, and they have so been looking forward to sharing what they've experienced and how God's been teaching them. So they're going to wrap up our summer series called One, where we've been growing our faith and experiencing freedom as we've had the chance to hear from many guest speakers and pastors the one cohesive message that God has given the church. You can follow us to stay up to date on everything going on at Fathom on the Church Center app, on Instagram or YouTube, or on our Facebook page, and of course our Fathom Family Facebook group. If you are not part of that yet, you definitely want to um, just send us a quick request to join that group. That's where we are putting lots of our encouraging messages as we're going through our 30 days of prayer, um, and just lots of up-to-date information on weekly and midweek events. Um, So you want to get on there and also, of course, through our emails, we will be sending out information. We hope to see you on any of those social media platforms. But for now, we're going to jump right into the message. Um, We're excited to be back. Like we said that, but you have no idea how pumped we are. Our kids have just been asking every week, is this the week we get to go back? And uh, they've been hanging out in worship just to the side of us here, uh, worshiping with us. And uh, we hope you and your family are well. We're here for you through this time. Our church is here. And we just want to stop and just say thank you to the church body, to our church leaders. In fact, we, we pinned a couple of personal notes and letters this week. So if you didn't get a chance to read that, please go check your email if you get our emails because we just wrote something we want you to read just from our hearts to let you know how grateful we are for this time away with our family. Absolutely. We had a great summer. Um, We trust that you did too. Flying in the air that I have to grab. Sorry. 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 I'm just too OCD to let that go. Sorry. Um, Okay. So we had a good summer. We hope that you did too. Um, Yeah. It was just filled with lots of laughter and fun and, um, family time, yeah. um, but we are so glad to be back. So. Yeah, we got to visit with some mentor pastors of ours who've just been walking with us through this journey for a long, long, long time, time uh, <laughs> before we were even married. And you got to hear from so many uh, amazing guest speakers. I've heard nothing but just just honor for them and love for them, not only how they mm-hmm. delivered the word and brought just a word every single week from what we heard, uh, but how they just cared for you off camera, off stage. Um, that's, the, that's some of our dearest friends. And so we're so glad grateful for this time. And, and we're looking forward to, to, to being back with you in person. We don't know exactly when that's going to be right now. We know we're going to be at home one more week next Sunday. And we want to encourage you, if you feel comfortable, hey, maybe there's one other family that you can invite over to worship together to break bread. We wanted that for this week as well, uh, if you heard that news. But maybe it's just one other person. You kind of know what their status is. You know their health situation. You know their comfort level. And again, we're two or three gathered. We think that just makes the experience all that more rich. And maybe you don't feel comfortable with that. Maybe you're not in a place where you can do that. You live very far away from everyone else. We get that too. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Pick up the phone and call somebody today. Call somebody within the body that you miss seeing their face. You're thinking about them. Text them after service. After we get done. Don't do it right now. Do it (laughs) after because some of you might be streaming from your phone. 
Um, but do that today. Come on, let's just care for one another really well in this time. We've got technology where we can still care for one another like never before. Lean in and be the Fathom fam. We know you are loving on one another. Uh, don't wait for somebody to call you. You call them, right? Let's let's be those kind of people. So here's what we've got in our heart. Um, we were just reflecting on the sabbatical experience, and we're not going to spend a ton of time, but we do want to draw out of that experience. We're going to be moving to Joshua chapter 21. So if you've got your Bible with you, go ahead and pull that out. Uh, if you're watching on your TV or something, you can pull it out on your phone. That's great too. But here's the big idea that we really want to get into your spirit, that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. He is faithful. It's just a simple word for you that God is faithful and he keeps his promises. Um, and so we can rest. We can take a deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath. It always feels so good. Whenever our kids are like crying, whenever they're upset, whenever we're stressed, come on, we just know a deep breath feels good. And that's what we want to bring to you out of the word of God and in his spirit so we can rest in his love and in his plan for us. So Taryn's going to read and lead us uh, out of Joshua 21. So um, we're going to start in verse 43. All the way down to the bottom of the chapter. Read to 45, the last three verses of the chapter. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all of their enemies. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. And so this is, like we said, the last three verses of chapter 21. And I want to kind of like just give you a short background of chapter 21. If you want to go back and read that, it'll help bring clarity <laughs> to what's you know actually happening here. Sometimes you pull stuff out of context. It's exciting and encouraging, yeah. but it's not really matching up. <laughs> so I want to tell you that um, in verses one through three of that chapter, basically what's happening is the Lord is giving is letting the Levites know what their inheritance yeah, is. Yeah, we're in the book of Joshua. So Israel has come, again, out of 400 years, plus a, a generations mm-hmm. of slavery. God's delivered them, the plagues, the Red Sea, the whole thing. And then they're one, you know, all that wandering time they spend yeah. in the wilderness. And then Joshua is the one after Moses who leads them into the promised land. And now it's time to take the land. So they're all settling in, but the Levites are a little bit different. Yeah. So all 12 tribes are actually 11 of the 12. They get specific pieces of land. They kind of split it up, so to speak. It's like inheritance, I guess, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, But the Levites were the priests and Mm -hmm. they were not given a specific piece of land. So they were given, but they had to have a place to live. Their their cattle had to have a place to pasture. Pastors got to eat too. That's right. So... Every tribe of the other 11 gave to them, and that was God's plan. So we just want you to know that that's what these promises are talking about, that the Levites are, it's not that they're not taken care of. He had a specific um, possession for them to have as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we just want to kind of work through these three verses and give you three quick ideas that really come out of what God was teaching us in this time, and we think are just going to land with you out of this text as well. First thing that really popped out to us was verse 43 of just, they took possession and settled there. One of the things that God was doing in us over the course of our sabbatical was just really just hammering our identity in Him. And we think this text really lines up because for them, their inheritance was this shared inheritance. It was land. But for us in Christ, our inheritance is about our identity in Christ. And here, here's the message. If you're writing, taking notes, here's what I want you to, to write down. Our identity in Christ is freely given. 
It's freely given, but we must take possession of it and we must dwell there. We must settle there. I remember the first mission trip we ever went to. I don't know if you remember. I've been to Peru a number of times. And uh, uh, the, the missionary was leading us around and just kind of taking us on a tour. And he took us by this one piece of property in which this Peruvian woman that they lovingly named the devil woman, um, lovingly named her the devil woman. She had squatted on this piece of land. If you're unfamiliar with what squatting is, not that kind of squatting. And, you know, it, it's when someone just kind of takes possession of a house, like you're way on vacation. Somebody moved into your house and be like, my house now, like try to get me out of here. Uh, I, I've heard like abandoned mansions, people just go and squat in them, mm-hmm. you know, crazy. Some of y'all are going to be a little bit nervous when you leave town next time. Where somebody's going to move and squat. Well, this woman had moved onto this piece of land and was there and the owners could not get her off there. She just stayed there all the time. They ended up getting friends and family. They had like 20 grown men trying to get this one woman off. And she defended them off her property with a slingshot, like a straight up like slingshot, like would have given David a run for his money. They called her the devil woman. And and I think the message for us in that ridiculous story is that God has given us our identity in Christ, freely given and, and, and I believe the enemy has come and squatted on our identities, come and squatted and taken possession of it. And we need to take it, we need to take what's freely ours and mm-hmm. given to us and not settle for these lesser versions of our identity. Because so many of us over the past, I believe several years have been drawn into finding our identity in our politics. We found our identity in our sexuality. We found our identity in where we live, um, in our race. We found our identity in all these other things that are not necessarily bad things, but they're not the deepest rooted identity that God has given us as an identity in Him. And the enemy is squatting on our true identity, and we need to take possession and, and dwell in that today. Yeah, and it's an easy thing to do. I think a lot of times yeah. people are like, oh no, the enemy is nowhere near me. But you really need to look inside and ask the Lord to reveal places where the enemy has squatted. I know for me personally, I found myself, especially during the sabbatical, kind of like, well, I because I, I would believe the lie of the enemy that I was only as good or as helpful or yeah. useful or had identi- any identity when I was doing something. Um, a phrase that I commonly find myself saying or hear myself saying is, what can I do? Just tell me what to do. And then we get busy in the doing mm-hmm. and we don't really understand that Jesus just wants us with him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really want us to be doing, doing, doing and not spending that time with him. And so, again, don't hear me to say that doing things and helping people is not good because it is really good. Mm-hmm. But what God really taught me this summer, um, especially, is that, um, you know, I can be doing all these good things, but he has great over here. Yeah. Um, I remember one year we went to Maine and we were, we found this hike that we really wanted to do outside of Camden, Maine. And so we loaded all up and we started heading out. We didn't, we didn't think the distance was that far. So we wanted to see this view that everyone's talking about. A couple of miles, couple of miles or something. Yeah, hike, no big deal. But like not Florida hills, like, you know, Maine. <laughs> so we start trekking up and we probably get half or maybe even three quarters of the way. Yeah. And with three kids and our overestimation of our Ourselves, we were like, this is going to have to be good enough. Like, yeah. this view is beautiful. We're going this back will down. Do. <laughs> well, the next day, and we were fine. We it, were it was just kind it. of a peekaboo through the woods. It was yeah. not like 
like and top it was of the pretty. Yeah. We were, but we were happy with it. We were yeah. like, we can't do this anymore, or else we're gonna lose someone. <laughs> so we went back down, and the next day we went to my cousin's house, and we were telling. He said, "What have you been doing while you've been here?" And we said, "Well, yesterday we made it about halfway up Mount Batty, and it was so beautiful." And he just looked at us like. Why did you not drive? He said, to the "Why top? didn't you drive to the top <laughs> lookout spot?" He's like, "That's the best place in all of Camden, Maine." And we just looked at each other, face palm, right? Hit that we emoji. Like, you can drive there. <laughs> like we missed the best view because we were just short sighted of good enough, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. You mean we could have just driven up there and not kind of yeah. done all this hard work? But we this, do yeah. that with God. Like we just settle for. And this is good. And we just, we're not listening to him. We're not getting in the word with him where he shows us what is best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this actually happened last night at dinner. Yeah. I said, oh, we have to share this. So last night at dinner, we went out to eat and um, we were going over the, the kids menu with Elisha, our daughter. She's four. And I, I read the first couple of things. No, no. And we got to cheese pizza. And she said, cheese pizza is my life <laughs> and then she said and mac and cheese is my better life yeah. and so it just made us think like you know mac and cheese isn't on the menu you're gonna have to be just get your good life you know but it's just it's so true how we do that we allow the enemy to squat right on our joy right on our peace because we have good enough you yeah. know yeah don't settle for cheese pizza when mac and cheese is your best life yeah. right <laughs> Uh, I'm reminded of Psalm 91. It says this, he who dwells, dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will, will, will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, um, uh, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. This is like Terrence said, God was doing a lot when it comes to our identity, both of us have a helping gift we want like our deepest desires to help people in this time where god had told us to set that down Mm -hmm. set that down rest and and we had to trust and believe and it really caused us to go further and further into our identity in him and like terrence said it's so easy and we don't realize that in the course of our week we have all these strings that begin to be attached to our identity they, they, they begin to be attached to our career, to our children, uh, to all these different things in our life, to our entertainment, to your favorite team. I mean, I, I feel like in my younger years, if my team lost, I was just in a bad mood. And I'm not only are they terrible, I've, I've rooted for terrible teams all my life. So I think God knew I was well suited for Jacksonville. But um, no offense. This is our year. This is our year. We're coming back. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, besides that point, um, I, I, I've, my identity was even connected to that. We don't realize we've got all these strings that are attached to what Sabbath does, right? We have a sabbatical, but we all are given the gift of Sabbath every single week, 24 hours, shut it down, mm-hmm. delight and cling to the robe of the maker of the universe. Yeah. I just cling to his robe. Um, in fact, in the month of September, if, if you just struggle with this idea of Sabbath trouble, with rest in the month of September, all of our midweeks, I'm going to be teaching on Sabbath. And so make sure you tune into that or join us in person. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one says, Hey, we're, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. So let's throw off everything that, that hinders us, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And Mm -hmm. so it's in that Sabbath time that we're able to just shed all these things that begin to draw us away from our identity in Christ we begin to learn to dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. All right, that. So we got to begin to take possession 
of what God has uh, given us freely in our identity in Him. Yeah, thinking about all of that just makes me ask myself, like, okay, if my identity is in Christ, yes, I believe that, but where am I not settling? Like, where am I not dwelling with Him? Mm-hmm. Like, how am I not taking possession of what He's already given to me? What am I allowing the enemy to squat on? Yeah. Like, wh- where has he moved in and just set yeah. up camp, like, in my heart? When's the last time, some of you, you've been missing joy for a very long time? The enemy has stolen it. Yeah. Like, that's what's happening. Yeah, and you've I, been restless yeah. for two years, five years, and God's calling you to calm down, settle, not in doing, not in moving, not in change, but just settling in mm-hmm. his presence. It's just, it's so beautiful when we allow him to be who he is yeah. to us. Yeah, um, and then also I want, I wonder like, is it time to take possession of something? Yeah. Like, is, is it time for me to say, okay, Satan, enough is enough. Like yeah. you, that's mine. You cannot have it. Oh. And you, you kind of need to receive that today that our, your identity is freely given mm-hmm. in Christ, but you got to take it. You have to receive it and, and then dwell there yeah. because that's where we find rest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, yeah. In verse 44, it says, And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given their enemies into their hand. Yeah. Um, the idea of rest on every side really stood yeah. out to us. Yeah. That's that's the next point. Is how beautiful is that? That how many of us feel attacked on every side? The Lord gives us rest there. Right. One of the phrases we have as Americans, when it rains, it pours. Mm-hmm. Things come in threes yeah. or fours. It just feels yeah. like, you know, it's one of those seasons. And as we've gotten back, we've heard many of you have been going through it. It's just like this, it's this, it's this, and it gets to be overwhelming. Yeah. And so we've got to find rest in the middle of that storm. I feel like over the course of uh, just pastoring this time of year, um, August, School's going back. There's a change. Everybody's over the heat. I mean, there's a you just yeah. throw a pandemic on the top of that. It, it just anxiety and stress tends to uh, tends to just kind of be turned up. And um, and and it was kind of like that for us. Even at the beginning of the sabbatical, there was just so much. Just kind of felt like coming from all sides. And some would call this a spiritual attack. And and, and I think. It, it was probably more God allowing some things to happen than something the enemy was doing, but it was just questions and anxiety. Me just getting back and getting to a place where God was going to bring rest on every single side, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, the question, this question can be, I'm just going to trust him with it. I'm just going to trust him with it. I'm just going to run into his arms. I'm just going to learn to dwell in the shadow of the Messiah. It just goes back to all that. The people uh, of Israel and Jews still today, uh, and you'll even hear a lot of us, you know, Christians, um, what we'll tell each other moving into the Sabbath, Shabbat Shalom, and and really this phrase that that, uh, Hebrews and, and Jews have been using for years is really just, it's a declaration of peace and of rest and of wholeness on every side of your life and every part of your being that God would bring you peace in your spirit. He would bring peace in your family, in your finances, in your well-being, in your health, in your career, on your crops, on your tomatoes, in your garden. God would just bring just peace, whether there's harvest or whether there's little at the time, God would bring peace. In Mark chapter four, uh, I, f- I feel like we get a lot like the disciples who Jesus had told a bunch of parables and maybe we like the disciples didn't get it. And so Jesus decided to live out a parable with them as Jesus was preaching to the crowds. 
and they're uh, like his Uber driver, and they're like, hey, Jesus, let's get away from the crowds. Let's hop onto um, the tour bus, I mean the tour boat, and let's hop on the boat, and let's cross the sea. And as they do that, <clears throat> they get out to the middle of the sea. Jesus starts to take a nap, um, which that's good sleeping if you can sleep on a nap. He, I think that tells us something about the character right. of Jesus. He knew how to take a nap. Um, some of y'all, that's the message you, you have for today. Take a nap <laughs> so in the middle of your storm. So Jesus is out there and the storm rises up out of nowhere. That was common on the sea that just a storm like Florida, like a storm can just come out of nowhere, a good shower. Mm-hmm. And the seas were just turned up and the disciples begin to flip out. And I want to read to you out of Mark chapter four, verse 38 through 41. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion Uh, and they woke him and said to him, listen to this teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? One thing that always stands out to me in this text is that Jesus just questions them and calls them out for questioning his heart. Like, do you not think I care? Like, haven't haven't I proven myself? Did you not just see me feed the multitudes just on the other? Like five minutes ago, I fed the multitudes and already you forgot. How quickly do we do the same thing? In the midst of our struggle, in the midst of the storm and stress and the worries of this life and the tension that we feel in our marriage or in our business. And man, it just comes out of nowhere. And and then we're angry and we're upset. and, And what we don't realize, we're taking it out on somebody else, but really... It's because we don't trust God. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I had to deal with. I wasn't trusting God in certain things, with certain situations, with certain people. And I had to come to a place of rest and just know that God's going to bring peace on every side of our life. We must remind ourselves Jesus does care. And he's the one that commands the wind and the seas. If that obeys him, then don't you think you're debt collector? Then don't you think um, uh, your, your business or don't you think your own heart, he can just calm your heart in the middle of that storm. We need to remind ourselves that he cares for us today. Something that I do when I hear a message where I'm confronted with, oh, I need to deal with that in my heart, but I still want to keep listening is I'll have a notebook and I'll write down a question for myself to, to refer back to later in the week. And so I I want to do that for you right now, because this is not just to make you feel bad or make you feel like all of these things that we're not doing, but challenge yourself to ask what's the scariest storm in my life right now? Fill fill in the blank because all of ours are going to be different. And then say, has the storm caused you to doubt God and to doubt his word and to doubt his promises? Because in verse 44, or the very last part of 44 and going into 45, it says, none of their enemies could stand against them. For the Lord had helped them conquer all their enemies and not one single or not a single one of all the good promises the Lord has given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. Mm, and so just write that down and ask yourself that later in the week. Like, what what am I doubting of you, God? What, and then read that verse. Nothing that he promised yeah. is left undone. First thing, identity. 
in him. Like we can mm-hmm. rest in that and not yeah. settle below the identity, our identity in Christ and dwelling in the shadow of, of the Almighty. Really, this this second idea is about he can he can bring rest to every part of your life, but he mm-hmm. can bring it most importantly to your spirit. This third idea really is that he's faithful. Yeah, He's faithful to every single one of his promises. This past November, as many of you know, I've, I've lost a couple of grandparents um, over the past, you know, nine, ten months. Uh, we lost my granddaddy last um, November just before Thanksgiving, the, the, the Monday before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I think it was. And um, and one of the, he has an incredible testimony that uh, he didn't know the Lord, grew up pretty rough and was far from God early in his life. And uh, when he was adult, he be, he came to know the Lord and, and God just over decades did a great work in his heart to just really transform him into just an incredible man of God that, that, that hundreds of people looked up to and he had impacted thousands of lives. Uh, he had uh, retired from a career at GE, um, a full career. And in his late fifties or mid fifties, he became a pastor mm-hmm. for the first time um, in his life. It was just an incredible testimony. And in, in his you know, final in 20 years of his life, he spent many of those years caring for the sick and later in his years, spending a lot of time caring for senior adults. Um, as they passed, he sat by their bedside, praying for them and, and just holding their hand as they passed, uh, being with families as they mourned over their loved ones and, um, just so much tenderness and compassion out of him. Um, and you saw that even in his smile, uh, we miss him a lot. And, um, and one of the things my family really struggled with after we, we lost him is that in this time, during coronavirus, none of our family, no one was able to be with him and he died alone. And, and that was bitter. Like there it was a lot of bitterness because it re- we just didn't understand how, God, how could he be with so many other people? But yet he, he loved and cared for so many people. How could, you know, he, you, we let him die alone. And, and we struggled with that for, uh, for a, a while until we, we, we learned that there was a nurse from his church that he had had a great impact on her life who later reported to my mom that she was able to be with him and hold his hand um, as he passed in his final moments. And that brought such comfort to us. And that wasn't necessarily a promise for God, but it was something we were struggling with. And, and I think maybe for, for some of us, there's some things that we're not sure if God God's going to come through on his promises. And I just want to remind you that God cannot break from his character. His character is faithful. It is who he is in his very essence. Uh, Just like your very being, you can't break from, you know, your DNA, you know, so to speak, other than the transformation that God can do in our heart beyond our DNA. No, God, God cannot break from his faithfulness. And so everything is fulfilled. We can trust him in that. Yeah. I love that. Not one single thing of his good promises that he gives to us yeah. can can be left unfulfilled. It's awesome. In Psalm 91, we referenced that at the beginning. Yeah. Um, if you go down a couple of verses in verse 4, it says that he will cover you with his pinions. And for those of you who don't know, that means wings. He'll cover yeah. you with his wings. And under his wings, you will find refuge. I love that. And it says his faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. So you think of a shield that's like a, you know, a wall kind of thing that he blocks the enemy from. He keeps us safe. But I didn't really understand buckler. So I looked it up and it's like this handle type of shield, very small circle. And it was more for hand-to-hand combat. And so for me, that just speaks so huge how God, he protects us big, Mm -hmm. but he's also on the personal level protecting us right here, um, hand to hand. And we need to remember that because so many times we'll have this shield up and we're taking all, we like, God, we got this. Yeah. You're our shield for these attacks, but sometimes it's these side ones. Mm -hmm. 
It's the person with the little comment at work. He's our personal. It's the person in our small group who said something and just got us yeah. off guard and like hurt us. And, and we just got to remember, no, God's fighting off those. We don't have to even protect ourselves. Right. We don't have to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. He is our, our buckler. Protection. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's buckle up. Buckle up. He's our buckler. Um, Man, that means when we, I just want to remind you, when we feel the attack and we feel the pressure in this season, we remember that God's faithfulness. We go back to how he's delivered us, what he's brought us through, where he's brought us from. And we just remember that and we just stand on the faithfulness of God. He's brought us through once before. He's going to bring us through again. And and hey, we feel like that. Maybe you've been sick before. Maybe you've been in the hospital before. Maybe you battled an addiction before. Maybe you've had relational problems before. You've run into financial problems before. But God's going to continue to be faithful. As Taryn led us early in this text, that this text is is really about land (laughs) in a lot of ways for the Levites who who didn't have anything. And I think sometimes, like you said, it's easy to kind of take something out of context and make this about a better life or our best life now or something. Mm But I I want us to understand the deep context and the, the, the underlying message here for the Levites. Uh, And and I want to take you back to um, Joshua chapter 13. We've been in Joshua 21. Joshua chapter 13 says this, verse 33. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses gave no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance. Oh, I love that. Just as he said to them. Mm If you'll remember to the beginning of this year, we talked about that we, the body of Christ, are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people. We are carrying on the Levitical tradition as a royal priesthood to our homes and to our businesses. We are uh, bringing a, a life of sacrifice and worship, which I'm going to preach on next week. Joshua, that, that he is our inheritance. I love it. It's, it's, it's not the stuff. And what we're calling you to with identity is not to find our identity in, in what we're buying off Amazon or the new improvement to the house or, or the, the, up, you know, the, the next move you made in your career or, or more sales or anything like that. It's finding our identity and our inheritance in Him. That's why we don't need the land. We're not satisfied by anything in this world. Our identity is in Him. And that brings us rest. And we remind ourselves in his faithfulness. Lee, if you want to begin to just uh, lead us in worship here in just a moment. But I just want to ask you, Fathom Church, as we close, what if we begin to see all of our life in such a way? That I'm not clinging to all the things of this world. I'm hungry and thirsting for the, for righteousness in these 30 days of prayer. I'm not asking God, what can you do for me, God? I'm not saying, God, help me know myself better in this time. No, God, will you help me know you in this time? Would you not help me just draw closer to church and church friends? Yeah, that's good. We need that. We need to be together, all that stuff. But God, would you help me know your heart and know who you are? Bring me the revelation of my identity in you, not what I've settled for. Not for the cheese pizza when the mac and cheese is still an option for us. What if we begin to see it like that? Some of us, we need to settle into the inheritance that God has given us and protect it. You know, the the scripture tells us that that they had to still fight for it. They still had to fight for it and hold their ground and settle into it that God had given victory over their enemies. That doesn't mean they just sat at home on some of these battles. They had to fight for it. And and you may have to fight for it this week too. But we want to pray with you and we're going to just go back to this chorus of just, God, get our heart right as we just come to the table, as we come to your feet this morning, God, would you remind us 
to just get our heart just focused on worship and prayer and just living a life that just delights ourselves in you. Father, we thank you for this time we have today. God, I just pray in these next few moments that we we wouldn't shut the video off. We wouldn't move on just knowing, God, that in the next few moments, you want to seal some things in our heart. Your spirit's going to seal some things. You're going to confirm and affirm some things in our spirit that we've been battling with, toying back and forth. And God, you just want to finish it right now. You just want to close the book on that chapter and bring us into the fullness of your identity or our identity in you. We love you today. God, bring us back. Thanks for listening in today. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. To connect with us about what your next step with Jesus might be, or even if you need help figuring that out, you can text the keyword FATHOM to 97000 anytime and follow the prompts. You can also go ahead and type in the search bar of your podcast app, Fathom Beyond Sunday. And there you'll find our new podcast. You'll be able to listen in on some really great conversations, just taking the truth of God's word from our Sunday sermon a step further, talking about how we can apply these truths to our everyday lives between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. We love you. We're praying for you. And we hope you'll tune in again soon.